What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Godly Dating 101 podcast. It's your host, Tavares, with a very special guest, my man, Sean Lewis. What's going, What's going on? on? Glad to be back. We need to get us our own special podcast. I'm, I think we need... I've been told, <laughs> let's do it, but you, you be playing. You be... Tavares is a busy man, everybody. You know what I'm saying? You can only imagine. Busy man. Guys, I just want you to know today, if there's any rambling, it's not on purpose. We're doing this very last minute, you know. Life's just busy. Life is busy. Mr. Sean got a newborn. Myself, school, working, you know, Zion. Everything is just blah. But God is good, you know. So today we want to talk to you guys on episode 38 about the need for a godly man. And I want to talk about that in general, not just about, you know, relationships, because we already talked about, you know, the women saying there aren't any good men out there. Uh, I think that was a little bias of them, but I think it's a lot of things that we need to be looking for. Um, a lot of things, of reasons why we need to be praying, you know, that God works on these men. But um, before we dive into that, Sean, I'll let you, you know, start off anything you want to say specifically to a brother that's listening or specifically to the sisters so they don't feel like they need to tune out because this is not their episode, you know. So whatever you feel, go ahead, let the Lord lead you. Man, I tell them to just rock with the episode, man. Let us uh, take you on this this journey. Um, I think the conversation is needed. Uh, godly men in, in general are hard to come by if you know anything about the church aspect. Most churches are full of women. Uh, women run mostly uh most of the stuff going on you know prayer meetings be full of women everything is jam-packed with women where are my brothers at brothers where are we we have to be the people that are leading these things um i think it also shows um the household also if you think about it in that sense a lot of uh single mothers and i think that spills over into the church also excuse me so um, that's all I have to say to start it off. But um, godly man, we rising up right now. We rising up. I see a change happening. I see people wanting to be uh, better fathers. I'm seeing people wanting to be leaders in their church. And um, we here for it. Amen. Um, yeah, so that's good. Uh, we'll be following up with Safa leading the episode for the need for the godly women. So ladies, be sure to stay tuned for that one. But in general, you know, when it comes to scripture, when we look, we see that God, every time he wants to do something that seems great on the earth or anything, anytime he wants to do something, you know, in general, he just, he desires to use, you know, a godly man. And I, that's not to say, you know, women are needed. You know, that's not to say that the woman have, serves no purpose, but God is always raising up, you know, a godly man. If we look at people like Noah, you know, so, I mean, I'm not saying women could have built an ark, but God chose Noah because Noah was a man. Um, yeah, Noah's ark. I'm I feel like I'm mixing up a story, <laughs> but yeah, God chose Noah to, you know, build that ark, you know, so God called him and because of Noah's faithfulness, his family found um, favor, his family found, you know, ended up receiving salvation because of Noah's life, you know, so it wasn't even as though his family was living right. We don't know if his family was living right, but it was the fact that Noah was living right. So we can imply that he led his family in truth. He led his family in righteousness. Um, when we look at people like Moses, um, to deliver the people of Israel, you know, somebody who, honestly, if you were to ask him, he felt inadequate, obviously, in regards to the speaking, inadequate as Joe, he just one man, who is he to go up before Pharaoh, who's he to do, you know, a great thing for God, and that's, you know, so that's one of the things we want to point out to you guys today, to the men listening, 
don't feel as though God can't use you. Because even men like Gideon in the Bible felt like he was felt like he was nothing. But when the angel spoke to him, he called him a, a man of valor. You know, so you may see nothing in in yourself, but God sees potential in you. And a lot of ladies, you may see no potential in the man you're currently looking at, but God sees great potential in him. So that's why we need to be patient with these brothers and pray for them, you know, that God will, you know, rise them up, um, you know, in order to walk into the purpose that God has for them. So um, I want to mention a few um, examples of godly men in the Bible. So, Sean, I'll let you talk about David. I feel like everyone is willing to talk about David, you know, when he comes up. Whenever we talk about golly, man. David, a powerful young brother in God. He fits the mold of someone that you would not be looking for as when the prophet came to the house looking for the brothers. David was in the field doing work. You have to understand that, brothers, we have to do work. We must be putting in work. We can't be worrying about what's going on. God will pull you out of that work when that time is needed. Um, God, uh, David was a worshiper. It is um, very important. It is I think it's probably one of the most important things for us to be worshipers. Worship helps you get through many things and worship. As I've always said, worship is a lifestyle. That's just not music. It's mm-hmm. a lifestyle period. It's everything that you're doing. And especially if you're a godly man, your actions should speak way louder than your words. Um, there's a scripture in the Bible that says that with their tongue, they say, you know what I'm saying? They say that they, they, they love me, but their hearts are far from me. And you know what I'm right. saying? God looks at the, the heart of men. So it's important that our heart is in the right posture, our heart is in the right place, and our heart is focused on God. David was 100% focused on God, except for when he had his little run-in with Bathsheba. But that comes with being a man. That's why you have to make sure that you're in the right places at the right time. And you and you got to be where you're supposed to be, because David was supposed to be at war. He wasn't supposed to be taking a nap. So... Oh Lord, Sean can't that's, that's that's why he got caught up. He was supposed to be at war, but he was laying up. So my brothers that sit in the house and play video games or don't want to go get a job, <laughs> that is not the the what do you call it? That is not what a godly man is supposed to be doing. A godly man is supposed to be providing, if not for himself, because you are single. Um, you're supposed to be preparing for the family that is to come or the woman that is to come. You can't just magically get a work ethic after you get into a relationship or um, just build one out of nowhere. You have to um, continue to thrive in that and, and continue to build that. and It'll grow. Um, so I think that's one thing um, that we can learn from David. And David wasn't afraid of anything. Man. Um, David was they, everyone was afraid of Goliath. But David knew the God that he served and he had experience with the God that he serves and the God that we serve. So he was able to overcome um, Goliath. So I think David is an amazing example. Um, yeah, so you said a lot. Um, let me, let me, <laughs> no, 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 that, that was good, man. That was good. So it's a couple of things that you mentioned, you know, that I want to, you know, piggyback off of. So you mentioned, you know, a heart, you know, that he has a, a, a worshiper's heart, basically, you were saying, um, you know, he was always focused on the things of God. And I, I want to mention um, what he says in Psalms 34 and 1. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You know, and I think, you know, a lot of people quote that in songs, quote that in testimony services, you know, quote that, you know, whatever, you know, that that's just a, like a common verse that everybody's like, yeah, I'm always going to praise God. But that was, um, I feel like it's a lot to understand there because David was saying that if I have money or I don't, you know, God is good. Single or married, God is good. You know, and, and whatever season he found himself in, he knew he was going to be worshiping in that season. Mm. And I feel like a lot of people 
we we find it so easy to worship obviously when god is blessing us but we don't we don't um choose to worship him you know when things are going wrong and i say choose because you have the choice david never said i'm always going to be blessed he just said wherever whatever season he's in he's going to bless the lord you know so i think it's important that that men as men we learn to be worshipers and ladies if you're listening to this you only entertain a man that you see with a worshiper's heart because a lot of these women, you know, they, they go to church. A lot of these women, they do great things for God. And then they end up with men that have no desire for the things of God. He has no prayer life, no worship life, you know, things like that. And you don't have to be the best speaker or singer or best anything. But if you're a worshiper, you know, God can use you because that means you're seeking after, you know, God's heart. You know, but another thing that you said, bro, that I want to piggyback off of, you was like, you mentioned David was in the wrong place at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> And you said you mentioned how men, you know, we can get out of place, and because of that laziness, it can lead us into lust, lead us into perversion, lead us out of God's will. So my thing is, there are men listening right now that say, "Oh, I don't struggle with pornography, I don't struggle with fornication." I don't, you know, a lot of people say they don't struggle with those things, and a lot of the women listening are saying, "Oh, my boyfriend never pressures me into into sex or anything," but. Do you believe that those men who are staying home, you know, just doing nothing, not finding ways, you know, to get engaged in the things of God, not finding ways to be active, not finding ways to work, you know what I mean? Are, are you, do you believe that those are the men that's more susceptible into, you know, falling into sin? Um, no, I do not. I think um, the Bible says something about the idle hands. Um, it's like the devil's workshop or whatever. Um, if you don't have anything to do, usually find something that, um, it's not leading you towards God because that's just the way the flesh works. The flesh doesn't want to do anything that is of God and it's going to work um, double time to make sure that you're not doing the things of God. Okay. Okay. I, I wasn't trying to like push you in a corner. I just wanted to know because somebody right now, he about to, you know, blow up his video games because he think he said he about to go fornicate. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. It's, it's, it's okay to do things. You got to find a balance, man. Everything is about balance. I've learned that you um, there's a time for leisure and then there's a time for work. Just don't you have to make sure that your leisure time isn't um, going over into your work time or vice versa. You have to learn how to balance everything. I think everything is about balance. All right, let's dive into Joseph real quick, because I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, you know, they use his story. You know, they use the story for a lot of sermons. We've heard sermons and Bible study teachings about this man our whole life, but not many people talk about, you know, his integrity, you know, with Potiphar's wife. So I feel like it's important. So even even David, you know, David, his issue, I, I would say, was having the integrity with Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, you know, Bathsheba and trying to get, you know, her husband killed, you know, to play it off because the guy didn't sleep with her, you know, and take claim for the baby, whatever. So where David messed up, we see that Joseph handled it properly. You know what I mean? He was letting him know, like, all right, so I get that you're offering yourself to me. And, you know, obviously nobody has to know, but the fact that he ran away from temptation. And I feel like society and culture itself tries to make men feel as though you're not a real man unless you get multiple women. You're not a real man unless you can sleep with anything you want, you know, have all the girls chasing after you. Whereas Joseph maintained integrity, you know, willing to run away, you know, in the midst of temptation. So I think that's a, a key thing that we as many to strive for, willing to, to maintain our integrity, even when a situation is very convenient. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the, the most powerful thing about the story of Joseph and it's all uh, pointed out to me was when 
she pushed when when she pushed up on him, he didn't say, I'm not gonna sin against uh Potiphar. My man said, I'm not gonna sin against my God. So he yeah. did it, he did it for God. He didn't do it for any other reason. He knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there was something on, in him where it was like, man, I could do this right now. But he was just like, everything within me is letting me know that I'm not supposed to do this against my God. And that what caused him to run. And in those situations, that's why it's important for us to have a relationship with God as men, because when those times do come, it, like the Bible says, God makes a way of escape. And if we love God the way that we're supposed to, we won't end up in those situations. We'll, well, I'm saying we'll just run away from them. We'll, st- we'll stay away from that. We'll abstain from that type of stuff. And what's funny to me is like, man, we take pride in how strong we are. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, men today, we feel as though, man, I, I could get through that temptation. It's no big deal. You know, I, I, it's no big deal if I watch this show. It's no big deal if I entertain that conversation, not realize that the Bible says to flee fornication. <laughs> you know, so the Bible mentions resist sin, resist the devil. It's every other sin the, the Bible is just telling us to resist it. Resist the devil. He's going to flee. You know, just obey the word of God. Sexual temptation is the only one that I've read that, that God literally tells you to run away from because it's so easily get trapped into that. You know what I mean? David going on the rooftop, seeing a Bathsheba, but it's so easy for him to have gone right back in his house and be like, oh, boy, that's awkward. I can't do that. But in, instead, he pursued after it. You know, so I think it's important. And it's also integrity um, in the way he took care of his family. I know you mentioned that recently um, to me because it's so easy for us to be driven by bitterness. It's so easy for us to you know, to allow the, 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 the way people treated us to cause our hearts to become hardened. As we know, his brother sold him into slavery. And if it's me and you sell me into slavery and now I'm in a position that you depend on me, I might kill you. You know, you know what I mean? I, I'm just being honest. I might have killed him. Like, you know, so it, it just shows that God worked on his character. You know what I mean? So it, it shows how, how impactful that man was. You know, the fact that he did not allow the past to... to dictate his future you know and the bible says in genesis 50 i believe verse 20 he let his brothers know yeah what you meant for evil what the devil meant for evil you know you guys had a divisive plan but it was god who brought me here so he didn't say you guys brought me here he said it was god who put me in this position because he knew what was coming next you know i feel like a lot of times we we forget that god is the is the person who's behind a lot of the storms that we face because he's trying to mold us into his image for a bigger purpose you know, so whatever man, man is out there right now, man, I don't know what you're going through, but understand that God has a purpose for your life and don't allow the current season to distract you from what God is molding you into in the future. And I think another thing that's powerful about Joseph, all that time he spent um, from the pit to the prison and all that, it built, it showed his true character and his true relationship with God. Because I think in times of uh, like, just pressure like pressure creates and shows your true character i think when you're going through something your true self begins to show so joseph when he was going through it he just continued like pressing through and continued going on and uh through that pressure and his relationship with god allowed him in that moment when it was time to show his true self he he stood strong man he he stood strong and he was that dude he's just that dude man joseph is that dude Wow, bro, you so hood. <laughs> so, all right, all right. So, this guy here. All right. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. 
with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So we want to talk about a few traits that um, I guess men are lacking in within the church that we have to, that we need godly men to step up because there are certain areas, you know, that, that, you know, I won't say, I'll just say it. Women cannot be men, period. You know what I mean? So no matter how spiritual a woman is, she's not a man. No matter how impactful a woman is, she isn't a man. You know, so we also need men to step up into their role. You know, and there's a few areas. The first one I want to talk about is prayer. Amen. And I want to say, and I want to say that because I can't speak for every church. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how your church looks. The person that's listening to this, you may go to an amazing church and men are just on fire for God and you have no idea what I'm talking about. But I've gone in plenty of churches where the women are up praying, crying, women are speaking in tongues, the women, like, you know what I mean? And it just looks like the men are just, all right, you know, when it's going to be when it's service yeah. over, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we need people tumbling over each other, speaking in tongues for, for it to mean that God had his way with the service. You know what I mean? Like, obviously we need decency and order, but at the same time, at what point did it become that worship was something that was meant for women? when prayer was something that was meant for women and, uh, and being emotional and being um, soaking in the moment in the presence of God, when did that become something that women did? You know what I mean? And I, I believe that that's an issue that men have to fix. You know, Paul was telling Timothy, he said, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Basically, Paul is letting Timothy know that men have a tendency to be driven by anger, to be driven by the confusion, quarreling, the disputing. But he wants men everywhere to be able to lift up holy hands without any of that wrath, without any of that anger in their heart, being willing to be humble. Because if we look at Psalms, we're reading most of writings from David, a man who was so passionate about prayer, who was so passionate about being in the presence of God. So we need those men to get back into prayer because there's no reason why men are heavily outnumbered in the church you know, because there, there are men there sometimes, but they're not engaged, if you get what I'm saying. Well, of course. we It's easy. And I think what Paul, uh, what Paul said here to Timothy is important because men, we have egos and pride. So it's easy for us to get off track and to do things and try to show our strength and throw our, our strength around. So I think that's very um, important what Paul said there. And prayer is very important. Uh, recently, I've made uh, intentional to pray more um, and actually set time aside. And from this time to this time is what I'm going to be praying and spending time with God. And let me tell you something. It's uh, changed everything around. It's been a complete 180. Um, I used to pray before, but this is a different level of prayer. This is a different time um, in the presence of God. This is something that God and me know that this is our time and there is nothing that's going to mess this up. So I think it's very important as men to have a time of prayer because if you you when you spend time in prayer god is able to speak to you and to show you things and if you're not doing that then what are you being led by right right yeah i I gotta ask like what are you being led by how are you supposed to lead um a life that shows god if you're not listening or hearing from god or how if you have a family like myself how am i supposed to lead my family in the right direction if i'm not being led by god and not going down the path that he's showing me to go down that means we're just doing things on our own regard. And it's funny you say that. So let's jump straight into marriage, you know, jumping into marriage, because I obviously it's a golly dating page. So a lot of people that are listening are single. But in regards to marriage, you know, how does uh, a, a lack of a godly man? So even if the woman is married, 
even if she's happy, quote unquote happy, how does uh, a man who is not living a godly life or a man who's not saved yet, how does that negatively impact the home in your in your point of view? It impacts the home because if two people are on two different pages, that just causes a strife already from the jump. That's why sometimes I don't understand with um, singles when they chase after people that don't follow God or they're going after people that um, have no relationship with God. Like, what are you going to do for them in the long run? Because in life, you're going to get pulled one way or other. And let me tell you, when you start to like somebody or you start to fall into this lust for somebody, usually you get pulled their direction because you're trying to keep up with them. You're trying to do the things that they're doing and it messes up your relationship with God. Yeah, that's good. Um, if like I, in my in my point of view, the devil's been trying to break up marriage, you know, in the family unit from the beginning of time. Um, I won't say what the organization is. If you're anybody with you know at least two brain cells, you probably heard of them. But there's an organization that is prominent right now that literally says they want to break up the the family, the way the family is. Like they want to remove men out of the home. They want to provide gay rights and all kind of things. Um, and the episode is not about you know. Th- that right now you know someone dive into that but we clearly see that there's an attack on godly homes we clearly see there's for one an attack on man and woman marriage you know so imagine how much worse it is when a man and a woman are trying to serve god together especially a woman who loves god with all her heart and she's with the guy who you know i'll come to church for easter you know what i'm saying it's like it's no passion there you know if we looked at genesis 3 6 it says and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So a lot of times people mention, you know, Eve being the one who um, fell into sin, and we get it, the Bible mentions, you know, Eve being deceived and all that, but at the same time, the Bible says Eve ate it, then she gave it to her husband who was with her. So this brother was nearby watching his family, go out of the will of God. You know what I'm saying? So it's a problem when a man is not, you know, not being sensitive to what God is saying or sensitive to what God wants him to do, because if you're not being led by the Holy Spirit, then that means your whole family can be led into sin. So it's one thing that you fell into sin, but it's another thing that you're you're not being led by the Spirit of God, that you destroy your future generations. Because if we even think about Achan, you know, taking something that he wasn't supposed to take, and now when they're going through the camp because they're trying to figure out why can't Israel get the victory, then they realize somebody did something wrong that was there. And when they found out it was Achan, not only did they kill him, but they killed his entire oh, family. Man. And we get we get this is the New Testament now. People not just killing people, family, but at the same time, my issue can destroy my home. My issues can destroy my children. You know what I mean? So a lot of times people don't understand it's important for godly men to step up because if a godly man is not the person inside the home, then that means children are growing up without the proper, um, uh, let's say, security, proper training, proper teaching. Um, Like I was thinking of something recently, you know, when I was talking to, I think I was talking to my wife about something, you know, regarding just Bible study in general. And I was like, we need to have more Bible studies, you know, for ourselves. And it was just like, okay, cool. And stuff was just like, all right, just don't be impatient with me because she knows how I get, you know what I mean? <laughs> and she's just, and I'm just like, no, it's fine. She was just like, even, and I was like, no, if you have to ask a question, you know, like Barney style, please don't feel as though I'm looking at you as though you're a problem because the Bible mentions that women should submit to their own husbands. Right. So how can a woman submit to my leadership? If God isn't leading me, how can I expect my wife to lead a godly life? If I'm not able to teach her a Bible study or how can, 
I expect my wife to be a woman of prayer if I'm not praying. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it all trickles down. Like your children are going to follow you no matter what. Like there's a lot that my dad did that I didn't care to emulate. There's a lot about my dad that annoys me. But when I tell you one, I've never seen anybody study the Bible as much as this guy. I've never seen anyone read the Bible as much as this guy. Like it's literally unheard of. But the fact that I thought, all right, bro, you're doing too much. I remember days 3 a.m. and I could see I could see that he's either walking in the hallway praying or like laying hands on us praying while we're sleeping. Like, obviously, you don't want to get woken up to somebody speaking in tugs. But <laughs> bro, that happened to me before, bro. Everything ever. I didn't know what was going on. I was young and um, didn't know nothing about no speaking in tongues. And my aunt was praying over me, bro. And I woke up in the middle of the night and it was the scariest thing I think I ever seen in my life. I, was, I woke up in the morning and told my mom, I was like, I don't know what she was doing over me last night. I think she put a spell or something on me. But that was, it was scary, bro. I was like, whoa, what is going on? But I'm telling you, though, when you look back and you understand what was happening, you thank God for that, man. Because I'm telling you, like, I remember, you know, because all my brothers, you know, they ended up 18. Everybody wants to do their own thing. So people in and out of church. And I remember, like, at one of my brothers, I was just like, forget it, God. If you don't save him, I don't even care no more. Like, that's not how much the guy got on my nerves. Like, it was that bad. But you would see times when my dad is just sitting outside on a chair. And I'm just like, what are you doing? You know, because he's not out there with anyone. He's not even out there with his phone. And he just thought, I'm just praying, you know, and then I realized a lot of times he was out there doing that. He was praying up until my, my brother came home. You know what I mean? So he's out there the middle of the night, you know, just praying, God protect my child. And it's like, people don't understand the impact of that, you know, and the brother, you know, the brother I'm talking about, yeah, he back, he's back in church now, but at the same time, at the moment, you don't appreciate it. You know what I mean? At the moment, you think he's doing too much, but that shows the impact of a godly man to home, whereas everybody else will give up you know, on a situation, everybody else gives up on a person, but a godly father, a godly man inside of a home is willing to keep seeking God, you know, until th their children get deliverance or until their marriage is working. You know what I mean? So I think it's important, man. I think uh, marriages suffer in general because I won't say, I won't talk about the ladies this time, but I think in general, because of a lot of men not willing to step up. It's not even that. It's marriage. I, I, I've, always, I've always wondered why people try to rush into marriage. Marriage is going to show you how trash you are. I just got to like that. Like <laughs> it, the first two and a half years of my marriage, I learned how just like how horrible at life I was and how kind of selfish I was in a sense, because um, every when you're so when you're single for so long, you only have to worry about yourself. You start to do these bad habits and you get these bad habits. Now you get married. And you have to answer to another person. You have to make sure that you're uh, serving another person. And it just shows you. And I remember having um, meetings with my wife and she would tell me and she would say, I'm doing all these things wrong. And I just could not see it. And I just thought she was crazy until I started looking at things from her point of view and putting myself in her shoes. And I'm like, yeah, that kind of you kind of are trash, bro. So I had to begin like <laughs> <laughs> those barriers and tear down those strongholds and become a true godly man because how crazy if, crazy is it for me to be speaking to people about God being able to change your life and your situations and stuff but my household, you know what I'm saying, there's a whole war going on at the crib and mm -hmm. there is really no godly fruit being shown um, in what I had going on so 
I had to make sure that I had my ducks in a row. And that's why it's important to be a godly man, because godly men are able to to change and to cater to whatever needs to be done. Like I have to cater to the needs of my wife, especially in a marriage. If my wife is unhappy, then I'm unhappy because we're supposed to be one. How are we one if I'm just doing whatever I want to do and she's unhappy over here? And I think that's why a lot of marriages fail also, because two people, they don't understand that one concept. It's just two people trying to do their separate things and they're not worried about the, the opposite member of the marriage and just doing whatever they want to do. It's crazy. Yeah, I won't get too much into that because that's a whole episode on its <laughs> own. But no, no, no. But that's the truth, though, because a lot of times people think I think people read it and then they read one and all they think is one sexually or all they think is one as in one household, same last name. But then they're sharing, you know, different um, different accounts, no access to social medias, no. Hey, babe, I'm about to go do this. You just go do whatever you want to do. I feel like a lot of people want to get married and, and still still you know, act single, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's, that's definitely a, a big issue, but I don't want to get up on a tangent on that one. So we'll mention a couple, I want to mention a couple more in regards to leadership, you know, men being leaders in general. So kind of where we were before, how would you say a man should step up or a way that you view men, I guess, as leaders type of thing? Well, what should he be doing? I should say. Well, first, you need to be um, doing what Matthew 6 and 33 says. And you got to um, you got to seek God, man. You have to seek God and everything about God because everything flows from God. Um, I learned that the hard way. I'm a hard headed person. So I had to learn that the hard way. And it goes back to what we were saying earlier. If you're not being if if you're not able to follow God, how are you going to be able to lead people? Like, what are you leading them to? And who is leading? Who is teaching you to be able to lead these people? Um, you have to have a, a follower's mindset in the sense of that I'm going to follow God. You got to follow your pastor, whatever church you go to. Um, you have to follow sometimes some of the stuff that your wife says because she has better ideas or it's just better than what you got going on. Um, I think that's a part of leadership. You just can't lead with an iron fist. And I think sometimes you try to lead with an iron fist. Like, Yeah, it's, it's funny that you say that because a lot of people... It's like I heard someone say, if you have to keep telling someone I'm the man in the household, then that's a problem oh, wow. because we get that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's obvious. Like we can see we can see your gender. You know what I mean? So it shows that you're demanding people to give you what you're not what you haven't earned or you, you're expecting people to respect you. And you're not living in a way that, that people should, I, I guess I should say. Um, Titus 2, 7 and 8 says, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and in your teaching, show integrity dignity and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us so obviously he, paul is speaking to titus who's a pastor you know and that's in regards to you know pastoring and leadership but i think it's for men in general because he's letting them know that i get that you may be the best preacher you know to ever walk this earth but you need to be the example that they should follow you know what i mean and until you're doing that People can say whatever, do whatever. They can ignore you. But if you're showing yourself as a person of character by by your good works, by your actions, by your love for God, then people are willing um, to follow you. Like so I'll say um, I ended really with a with a point, I guess, on stability, because James 1 8 says a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. And we get that. Yes, that's also for women. But the point is. If you're not, you know, single-minded, you're not focused on something, then you're easily swayed, you know, from relationship to relationship or job to job. You're easily swayed to many different things, you know, and that's why 
you know, the Bible calls men, you know, to a point of stability, because if you're not stable, man, your home cannot be stable. Today, you want your family to love God. Tomorrow, you want them all turning up at the club. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, which direction are you going to be leading your children? Today is Jesus, tomorrow's Buddha. No, like you have to be able to, to figure out what am I leading my family to? So I feel like it's important, man. And I think men in general bring stability. There are a lot of single mothers that learned to, to do it, to handle, you know, handle their business and lead the home, you know, because a man was absent. But I think it's nothing like, you know, having that, that godly man, because a woman, you know, my mama, my mama could beat you, bro. Like, I remember my mama slapped me and my brother with the same slap, bro. We both flew. Like, I'm dead <laughs> Like, so it's not like I, I, I've never seen strong women, but it's, it's just something about a stable man. Whereas, you know, pops give you that look and it's like, all right, all right, well, you know, my, mom, you could probably talk her out of it, but pops give you that look. You already know what time it is. Or even if you don't have that dad figure, you still have that pastor. You still have that strong brother or that strong um, man in leadership or whatever, you know, that strong male friend you know, that's able to correct you and you know they're not doing it because they think they're better or because they don't love you, but you know they're doing it because they expect more out of you. You know what I mean? So I think it's important, you know, for men to bring stability in the home. And stability is important. Um, Proverbs uh, 25 and 28 says a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. If you don't have any stability going on in your life and you have no self-control, your life is like a city with broken down walls. And, and and if you've ever had a moment to where your relationship with God falls off, you know exactly what that means. Like it starts with like one half of the wall being gone. And the next thing you know, you find yourself um, in so much stuff. If we go back to David, we think about when he seen Bathsheba. Um, it started with lust and him wanting her. And because he didn't deal with it when he did, it went to him, you know what I'm saying, having her husband killed and then getting her pregnant. And it just continued to trickle down and it just got worse and worse because he didn't deal with it. So it's important to have stability, um, just like David did also after everything happened, when the prophet came and spoke to him, he turned back to what he knew was the state, the most stable thing. He turned back to God and was like, God, um, like, I know I didn't messed up, but I need you not to take your presence away from me. And I need you everything right. within your power you know what i'm saying to cleanse me and to wash me and to get we need i need my relationship with you to get back right no that's good that's good i i completely agree i think what i would what i would encourage people to do if you're a man listening you know obviously you heard some things that you need to strive for but especially our ladies because i know our ladies are tired of some of these bums they see in the church you know so <laughs> It's a few things that I want you to to pray for, or I would say pray against. Um, and one of the biggest that I see um, issue in the church is perversion. Um, I believe a lot of a lot of great men, a lot of great men are in church and they're you know in bondage to perversion, whether it be in lust, fornication, adultery, pornography, ungodly connections. I remember praying for a guy in an altar a great while back, maybe ten plus years or so. And while I'm praying for him, it's like a bunch of sexual images came across my head, like straight porn. And I'm looking like, bro, I, ha I don't watch this stuff. You know what I mean? So I was so confused with why, why those images came in my head, you know, so I just shook it off and kept going. And then God revealed to me that this man is at the altar and he can't get what he wants because he's, he's not willing to give up his pornography. So I went to him, you know, after service and I'll just like, Hey, you know, I'm going to just say his name was Jim. I was like, yo, Jim, what's going on? He was just like, doing well. You know, I was just like, hey, man, I just want to let you, I just want to ask you a question, bro. 
are you struggling with pornography? And he, and then bro just froze up. And I was just like, I'm just letting you know, man, God said you're not getting what you want from him until you, you quit it. You know, and then, you know, so it, it's a bit weird when you tell somebody, hey, man, God can't fill you with his spirit because you won't give up pornography because people are quick to say, God ain't tell you that. But he on, only him, only him, only he can know what he's struggling with in secret. So God, God revealed that because God was trying to deliver him from it because God has no business. God, God doesn't care about telling your business to everybody else because we all sin. God is, God is not trying to get get you judged by others because of your sin. You know what I'm saying? So God showed me that so I could, I could confront him because maybe he was in bondage for years. You know, I, I need to follow up with him whenever I can, you know, find him again. But my issue with it is, is so many men that are struggling with that. And we just try to dance around it. You know what I mean? Like you're struggling with pornography, but you're asking God to bless you with a new car. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> You better take that bus and repent. Like, yeah. like, what you think this is? You know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like perversion is the number number one thing. And number two, I'd say we need to pray against is just that spirit of lukewarmness that's coming against people in the church, man. Because a lot of people are casually attending service, but that doesn't mean it goes any further than the four walls of their church. Like coronavirus has made a lot more people see God, but trust me, it has made a lot of people just quit serving God all together. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like many of us can get to that point where all we do is put on a facade when our lifestyle doesn't really match. But if there's anything else you notice, then you let me know, man, because we want to wrap it up with them understanding what, what we can do, what we need to be praying okay, about. Okay, so um, I ran across this article um, and uh, it was saying uh, the 10 disciplines of a godly man. Um, oh, man, I read that book. As a yeah, it's so um, it says first Timothy uh, four, seven, and eight, it says, do not waste your time arguing over godless ideas and old wives tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good. That's why all my brothers that like to go to the gym. You need to get in your word the same way. Um, do some some chest press with some scriptures um, training wow. for God <laughs> for training for godlessness. Godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So we're supposed to be working towards eternity. Um, and I think every godly man should be working that. But it gave 10 things. So um, number one is the, the discipline of purity. Uh, number two is the discipline of relationships. Number three is the discipline of mind. Number four, the discipline of devotion. Number five is discipline of integrity. Number six, the discipline of tongue. Oh, yes, my brothers, we got to watch our mouths. We can't be strong in every sense. Uh, number seven, the discipline of work. And we covered that already. Um, number eight, discipline of perseverance. I think that's important also because when your kids see you pushing through and fighting through and people see you pushing through and fighting through, they see that it's able to be done. Um, we all know that this walk is not easy, um, especially as men, because we have to carry most of the weight. But we have to continue uh, pushing through and continue persevering because um, it's not only needed for our sake, but it's needed for those that are attached to us. Um, number nine is discipline of church. And then number 10 is discipline of giving. Oh, yes. Let go of some of them dollars and let go of some of that time for others. Um, and I'm talking about giving and not uh, wanting something in return. Just right. just giving to give. No, that's good, man. I think about a lot of people. Because it's weird, like, I feel like church people, they just love running and jumping and shouting, but they don't, they don't actually show that they love you. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's a problem because if I'm an unsaved person and I live next door to a church, 
and you guys never go out of your way, you know, you, to to give me anything. I'm not saying you owe me anything, but I think it sh it shows a difference when, like, if you see a homeless man, and let's just say he's asking for a dollar, and you're just like, hey, let me take you to eat. You know, you never know the impact, man. I know a lot of people that used to be homeless, a lot of people that used to be on drugs, and because you gave them your time, you gave them a meal, or you you just give of yourself, man. I believe God is calling us to to stop being so self-centered. You know, stop focusing on what pleases me or focusing on what woman I should get or focusing on what job I should get. No, focus on a bigger picture. Focus, we need to have kingdom mindsets, you know? So I think I think a lot of those disciplines are good, man. I wish you would have told me that at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you don't bring that up at the end. Like, that's not how this works. Hey, we can do a part two if we need to because I think a lot of need to be <laughs> um, broken down, um, honestly. Um, because even when I was reading it myself, I'm just like, yeah, I understand a lot of these disciplines and why they're needed, especially as godly men to show, um, the way that we're supposed to live. I just think about how Jesus lived, man. Like you said, kingdom mindset to have a kingdom mindset. I got to think like Jesus and I got to try to be like Jesus as much as I can. And while he was here, bro, he was just helping people. He wasn't mm -hmm. looking for nothing in return. Even when he went to the cross, when he gave his, when he gave his own self up, when he shed his own blood. He wasn't doing that to force us to worship him or to force us to love him. He was doing that to right. show that he loved us. You know what I'm saying? Correct. I think that 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 right there, being that selfless to say, God, forgive them. The people that were spitting on you, the people that were beating on you, the people that just, you know what I'm saying, treated you like garbage to say, forgive them. And you had been through all this excruciating pain and they kind of they humiliated you and they just did things to you that no one should have to go through. Um, I think it's important to be able to have that that selflessness and to be that example like Jesus was for his disciples, because if you think about it, when Stephen died just like that, he asked um, for everyone that was throwing him. You know what I'm saying? tripping out, brother. What, what, what part did I break? The very end. OK, so when Stephen was getting stoned, that he had a yeah. face like an angel, he asked for those people that were stoning them to give. Uh, to receive forgiveness also so that was something that he learned as an example from jesus and he used it also you know what i'm saying like we have to if we say we want to be like christ we want to we have to you know what i'm saying do those things that are hard like christ did i mean you know what i'm saying you spit on me now i might i'm gonna swing on you i ain't gonna lie to you all right so <laughs> we see youth pastors getting a bit riled up that is a hundred percent my cue to close this podcast episode out. <laughs> so so y'all, um, I don't know if y'all be praying for that, but please, Lord knows this brother needs it. Listen, as always, man, we appreciate you guys tuning in to another episode to the Golly Dating 101 podcast. We'll be diving into the women's version next, and after that should be an episode on how we deal with the homosexuals. And that's something I know church people need to listen to. Tell, tell your friend to tell a friend to tell their friends to subscribe and be out on the look be on the lookout for it and check out our YouTube channel some of these podcast episodes are going to be on YouTube and some things that are not coming on this podcast will be on YouTube especially a lot more spiritual advice a lot more spiritual encouragement um, because we're trying to keep this around relationships and we want to be able to reach a broader sphere with the gospel so as always man we appreciate you guys for tuning in and we'll be seeing you next Thursday peace